Abba, Yahweh, thank you for allowing me to be your conduit, Father God, sharing this, your word, your truth, your light. Father God, for the uplifting and encouragement, and if need be, the admonishment of many that are out there that refuse Refuse to stand up and will stand down or step aside and apologize for what is supposed to be a righteous truth. Father God, they that have an ear, let them hear and see, open their spiritual eyes so they can see in wonderment the things around that are yours, Father God. Abba Yahweh, Haman, Yeshua Haman. Yes, brothers and sisters, you heard that correctly. There are those and many of them. And the scriptures say that there will many that will turn away. Even the elect will be deceived. The elect being those that have chosen to believe that Jesus Christ is the only begotten son of God and have faith in God, except their faith is waxing cold and they're turning away um, brother and sister, or waning cold, I'm sorry. Um, it's diminishing. And they turn away because they're believing what the enemy is feeding to them. All these things that are going on around us are devices of the enemy. The, this agenda is not a political agenda. It's not a world conquest uh, in terms of politicians in those countries. I mean, these are things that as a younger man in the military, my friends and I, where we traveled and what we did, we experienced many, much of what's going on. We witnessed much of the way that those countries operated and what they're trying to do here. So militarily to a point, but the agenda is far deeper and darker. When I started walking closer to God and diving into the word and reading the prophecies and reading the entire Bible and not picking and choosing those scriptures that are rosy colored tinted glasses, uh, metaphorically speaking, that people want to put on. They only want the pretty scriptures. They only want the nice scriptures. They only want the things when uh, Jesus heals people and everybody starts crying and clapping. They only want that part of the scripture, except the problem being is that that's not the entire Bible. And there is relevance in the entire Bible. God wrote the Bible, so who? Who do you think you are that you can toss out part of the Bible and only read that portion and think that you're going to get a complete instruction? Brothers and sisters, let me share again with you. If you find offense in what I say, I don't care because God is telling me to share the truth with you. And I will share this with you as well, brothers and sisters, that there are folks that seek to be offended, and they find offense no matter what. No one is more hated than he who speaks the truth. That was spoken by Plato long time ago. If no one understands who that might be, Socrates, Plato, they were profoundly intelligent men during the Greeks, uh, Reign, I guess you might say, or when their empire is very, 
very strong, but they had a lot of sayings that are even held on to today and are copied and quoted and so forth. No one is more hated than he who tells the truth. For example, Jesus Christ came in with the truth of God, his father, spoke truth, spoke knowledge, didn't lie to anybody, and they found offense in him so much so that they hunted him down to crucify him and did so. But what they didn't realize is part of the plan. But then they continued doing so with his disciples. They continued that because they continued speaking the truth. Brothers and sisters, if you're offended by my truth, that's unfortunate. I'll pray for you and continue praying for you as I deal with all my brothers and sisters. And that does not include those that are in the body of Christ and go to church and have accepted Jesus and all that. The, my brothers and sisters are those that live on the face of this broken place. This broken plane of existence that we're on are my brothers and sisters. Because why? The Bible tells me so. It doesn't matter how they look, what they have, what they don't have, and how they smell. And those that are maybe not quite right or what in appearance, I don't judge them. They need more compassion. They need a special kind of compassion and kindness from us who are supposed to be believers in the word of God. And that's part of communion, brothers and sisters. The word communion, it's a root word and we get our word community. Uh, communion is not only that thing that in religious rituals that are done, and this is part of the reason why Jesus Christ did not like religion much at all. As a matter of fact, he disdained much of religion because they always wanted to containerize God and only take him out on special occasions, special events, and they were very ritualistic about what they did. And as Jesus shared at the well with a Samaritan woman, that there is a difference. And the difference happened when Jesus Christ was crucified. Didn't tell her that he was going to be crucified, but his time was drawing near, and, and it was time that he was a pup making public appearances and not to keep what he was doing so hush-hush. And at the time, in Jesus' walk, there were times when he was doing things and it wasn't supposed to be let out as such with the miracle of the water and the wine at the wedding. And he asked his mother, he said, why do you trouble me with this? It's not my time yet. And she was kind of, gave him that mom look in the eyes and he knew then in his heart for his mother and all. And Father God gave him the green light on that. So he went ahead and he changed the water to wine. And brothers and sisters, we need to be aware that God is sovereign. And in spirit we're able to worship God wherever we go and that's the point that he was making with the woman at the well not to have to be in a house not to have to be in a church have to be in a church and many religions drive that 
oh, you can't talk to God unless you're here, and you can't talk to God unless you talk to one of the elders, and you can't talk to God unless you come to a priest, and you can't be uh, forgiven unless you come in and you're given absolution and <clears throat> shake the powder on you and wave the incense and all this. All these rituals, excuse me, that's contrary to biblical teaching, totally contrary to biblical teaching. God, our Father, is in spirit, and he sends the Holy Spirit to us that helps us. It is our guide. It's our teacher. It leads us through life. All we have to do is pray and talk to God. Anywhere we can do that. We don't have to go down, lean to the left, lean to the right, stand up, sit down, and pray, pray, pray. It doesn't work like that. It does not work that way. There are times when you should humbly and respectfully approach God and take a prayer posture. Sometimes at nighttime, I'm kneeling beside my bed. There's something really profound and deep that I need to talk to God about, and I take that. Before I get up in the morning and, and start my day, I'm talking to him. He doesn't mind that I'm lying there and I talk to him. It's an earnestness. Then I swing my feet around to start the day and I'm still praying. I'm still talking to him. And there's times where things are just so overwhelmingly wonderful and beautiful and and even deep and dark. And as the world presses in and I raise my hands and I'm praying to God and some of the things that come out are in the holy language of heaven I'm not sure what I'm saying, but he does because the Holy Spirit snatched on and grabbed onto those words and taken them up and they're important enough that God get them post haste and that they're something that needs to be that the enemy's not able to hear and understand. And it's taken God and I can do that anywhere. I pray during my course of the day at work, eyes open, talking to him, thinking about him meditating on God. This takes a little practice, brothers and sisters. It, and some people say, oh, well, I'm not into meditation. Well, the Bible tells us that we should meditate on these things day and night and that we should learn to meditate on our Lord God. Meditation isn't sitting in the lotus position with your, um, what finger is that? How do they do that? Oh, it's the the, uh, the middle finger and the thumb and, and like a little blossom and the finger splayed out there and you're sitting there chanting some kind of a mantra over and over and over again and, you know, filtering your mind so you go floating off into space and, you know, you know that's what people get this concept of meditation. Meditation is just sitting still, trying to take yourself away from any distractions there are out there and think on God. Focus on God. Think about a scripture. Repeat a scripture over and over again. John three sixteen, For God so loved me that he sent his only begotten son. And whosoever believeth on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Yes, I did change it. And I shared that with you already. And guess what? God didn't mind. He said that's okay because it makes it more personal. Do that, brothers and sisters. You can do that. As long as you don't get in the Bible and try to scribble stuff out and try to rewrite it, that we're not supposed to do. But make things personal with you and God. It's a personal relationship and a communion that he wants with us, brothers and sisters. Communion. 
the root word, communion, doesn't have to do with that little ritual of the wine and the, and the cracker at church, <clears throat> which are times where that's very beautiful and you pray and you do all that stuff. And it's not, you take the ritualistic attitude away and you do it because it's what Jesus Christ said that we should do. Do this in remembrance of me and that he won't do it until he comes back and gets us home. We're all sitting at that nice massive table and all his believers are there and we all do it together. That's when he's going to do it again, communion. But communion is also <clears throat> inter personal relationship with God and one another, which we're, we're called to. We're called to the dance of communion, that dance of community. Jesus Christ, the center, <clears throat> our, our participation in church, the house of God, discipleship, learning and disciplining ourselves to the word of God, and then going out and in the community. We might not be um, in this great mission field abroad, overseas, and all this that some people really look to doing, and they think that that's the great big uh, beat of the drum and all that. But excuse me, brothers and sisters, have you not looked around in your own communities? Communities? <coughs> Pardon me. Look around. A lot of homeless people. Look around, a lot of people have never even had the opportunity. And sometimes all it takes, the only thing it takes is a smile and saying, hey, how are you doing? How's your day? And then they might go into a conversation. And, and brothers and sisters, what I have also noticed is that there are those, sadly, within the community that pick and choose who they're going to talk to. They don't want to talk to people that are dressed a certain way, smell a certain way, or look like they need. Are those not the very ones that we're supposed to talk to? Jesus Christ came, and like when the Pharisees tried to trap him when he was healing the paralytic man when he was lowered through the roof, and he admonished them. Is it easier to say, take up thy bed and walk? you're healed or your sins are forgiven, which one is easier? And who are you to sit there and pick who's good? The, and they condemned him for sitting and eating and dining and sharing with people that were living in a certain area of the city, publicans, tax collectors, and those that work for the government, the oppressors of the people, and like he told him, he said, the physician comes to heal the sick, not to administer to those that don't need healing or those that think that they don't need healing, which these arrogant individuals were so many. So who are we to judge these people out there, whether they need to hear the word of God or not, because they're dressed a certain way or they smell a certain way that they don't deserve to hear the word of God? And you know, brothers and sisters, anyone and everyone is my brother and sister and it should be the same way with all of us. If we claim that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God and God, we have faith in God, then when you get into situations like that, have faith and deliver the word 
Brothers and sisters, I'm finding out so many things that God is there. And, and these people, they want to hear. They want to hear about it. And those that are out there that are listening the most are the ones that possibly have never been to church. And speaking about the prophecies, I've shared this with you already, speaking about the prophecies, that they're, they're astounded. They're like, wow, can I hear more? And I've had people say, when are you going to be back? I, you know, I want to I hear some more. We'll talk about this later or we'll talk about it another time. Uh, where are you going to be on this day, that day, this day, that day? And they want to know. And I invite them to church. Sometimes I forget, which is a shortcoming that I have, and I have to remember to always do that. But I also am careful because many of these people are not having transportation to get anywhere. And unfortunately, I don't have the transportation. Otherwise, I'd go pick them up and I'd take a carload of them to church with me. That's what this is about, brothers and sisters. Community and communion with our fellow human beings and our brothers and sisters because that's what they are. Communion and community the dance of communion. And we have the privilege of joining Jesus Christ in his mission field to share the good news gospel of God the Father and that he came to sacrifice himself for me. We are disciples of Jesus Christ. We are, and here's the thing too, is that many people get so caught up in validation of mammon. I've shared this with you before, brothers and sisters. The validation of mammon doesn't matter to me. I don't care what anybody says about me. I really don't. Well, I would rather that they be appreciative or like, but it doesn't matter because they're going to find something to gripe about, something to complain about. What I like, though, is that I found out that just being how I am, and the word and having integrity that God tells us we should have. That I have actually individuals that come to me, fellow employees, and I ask them why they're not going over to these individuals who are supposed to be supervisors. And they said, well, because we know that you're going to tell us the truth and you're going to help us. And I'm like, wow. I'm not trying to usurp anybody's position of authority by any means at all. That's not my, my purpose. My purpose is just to be truthful and honest and helpful. And that's what we're supposed to do. And join that community, that communion and the mission of Jesus Christ. Lean in and listen to God because he's going to tell us and talk to us. And we're disciples of Jesus Christ. And mammon is going to try to validate us or unvalidate us and many times. But here's the thing that you have to remember is that you belong to the greatest recycler ever existed. Think about it. Think about it. God, our Father, Abba Yahweh, maker of all things made, Adonai, sovereign Lord God Almighty, is the greatest recycler that ever existed. And exists. And mammon will not let you forget how you were. 
But remember this, brothers and sisters, and these are seeds of the weeds that the demons and those minions that work for Satan tried to plant in our minds, in our lives, and get us to believe. We were one way, and in believing Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God and faith in God, we are now a different way. Now we're different. We were one way, now we're not, or shouldn't be. But mammon does not want us to forget that. God has recycled us, making us something different than what we were. Mammon would remind us at every single opportunity of what or how we once were and perhaps even saying, oh, I forgive you. But then at the first possible inkling will remind me, us, of how I or we were and how nothing has changed. The only sometimes not even having been there to know, but only secondhand and possibly distorted or even outright lying, distorted truth or even outright lying. Weren't even there. But yet somehow they know that we were one way and we haven't changed. Excuse me? Really? And that's the validation of mammon. God's validation comes from forgiveness and never bringing up what I was. He is the true and greatest recycler of all. Restoring broken hearts, healing hurts and wounds, fixing what was broken and making me new. That's what God is. And that's recycling, brothers and sisters. Think about it. You take a plastic bottle and you dump it into a container. You take aluminum cans and you dump it in a container, send it over, and what do they do? They break it down and they make it something new. Sometimes, here's the thing too, and the scripture is very deliberate about this. In the breaking comes the blessing. Interesting. In the breaking comes the blessing. So when we're sitting here and griping and mammon is trying to remind us how broken we were, but yet we're holding on to what God promises and we look into God, which we should do. So he makes us new and there's never a false forgiveness. When God forgives those transgressions that we have been forgiven for and we've repented of are cast as far as the east is from the west. And brothers and sisters, if you know anything about geology and that sort of thing and and when they talk about that sort of stuff um, planet wise you know that the poles I've I've never really understood this because it seems what somebody put a pole up there and now the line runs around there runs into it so it stops and the other one runs into it coming the other way and it stops and now they meet but as far as the east is from the west they don't have a meeting place they never they never come together that's what that saying means they just they don't come together so when god casts it out there it's just gone or also as the scriptures speak he casts it into the sea of forgetfulness he's not going to go pick it up and bring it back but the enemy wants us to swim out there dive down and pick up that box bring it back throw it up in the attic so that his minions when they slither up or skitter up the stairs as the scorpion the serpents will do 
They'll kick them around as they manifest themselves and their presence known. And they kick the boxes open. They kick around the dust that blinds our seeing. And they're scattering the seeds of the weeds in there so that they grow up and, and cloud our thought process. And then those things start flooding our memories again. God forgave us and forgot it. What'd you go out swim out there and bring it back for? Forgiven. But in as with mammon, they don't. God will never try to get us doubtful, discomfort, or all, but the mammon will do so. The enemy wants that. The seeds of the weeds, doubt, discomfort, frustration, words of accusation, condemnation, negativity, none of which will ever come for God, from God. We must seek his truth and never forget, as David wrote in Psalm 10, one through four, I'm gonna share this from the old translation, the old Bible, I love this, the way they, they talk. Psalm 10, one, why Hashem? Do you stand aloof, heedless of times of trouble? Hashem is translated to Lord God. And I'll go ahead and do that in the word. So see, this is, that's a Hebrew word. Why, Lord God, do you stand aloof, heedless in times of trouble? The wicked in his arrogance hounds the lowly. May they be caught in the schemes they devise. The wicked crows about his unbridled lusts. The grasping man reviles and scorns Lord God. The wicked arrogant as he is in all his scheming thinks he does not call to account. <laughs> Lord God does not care. <clears throat> Pardon me, brothers and sisters. Sorry about that. Um, but let me remind you of this, and I've shared this with you before, that, that Hashem, Lord God, Abba Yahweh, Father, maker of all things made, he is no respecter of man. Which means, as David is speaking here in that passage, he didn't care what you have or you what you don't have. And those that are arrogantly scheming and dancing about what they think that they got away with and they have no accounting to God whatsoever, they're mistaken because there will be a recompense and they will have to stand before the throne of judgment and they will have to answer for what they've done unless they repent. Repent, be forgiven, and don't do it again. And if you trip and fall, brothers and sisters, just get up, dust yourself off. Father, I fell. I'm sorry. And keep moving forward. Don't sit there and get tangled up in those seeds of the weeds that they plant. And those things tend to grow pretty fast. When they throw those seeds down, it's almost instantaneous rooting. They, they actually take root, sadly enough, quicker than the fruits of the spirit that some people go out there and they hesitate on spreading around. And because they're so weakened in that, that those roots take time. Wow, that, that saddens me actually, brothers and sisters. I have to tell you right now, just thinking about that, that saddens me. That when the minions of Satan come in and throw those seeds of the weeds down, they're like almost instantaneous and growing up to choke out those roots of our fruit tree and the vines and things that we have in there. And that we need to be rapidly pulling those out and just casting them away, chopping down the weeds that have grown 
which are interrupting our vision on God, our Father, that we need to focus on in his scripture and his word. We need to cut those down, throw them into the fire, and burn them as a shaft. That's what we need to do. We need to be honest. And perhaps that that allowance is being done in order to keep us on our toes and keep us on our game. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Brothers and sisters, let me tell you what. God just gave me that because that's exactly what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to stay on our game. <clears throat> our game is to be in it, to be in the community, to be in the sharing the word of God, to be on it. We need to be on it and be jumping on those things as quick as we can and pull them out and tear them down because we are not, we are not, I'll say it again, we're not to be caught up in these things because our focus is God the Father, our Heavenly Father, our Sovereign Lord God Almighty. And not on those doubts and the things that mammon throws at us or that that uh, Satan tries to get his little minions to come in there and scatter through. The validation of God is forgiveness and he doesn't bring up what I was. He is the true and greatest recycler of all. I told you, brothers and sisters, he restores broken hearts, healing hurts, wounds, fixing what was broken and making me new. Greatest recycler of all. But mammon is false forgiveness and sometimes not even actually, they'll just tell you that. It's lip service. They don't forgive you. They're going to bring it up at the first opportunity they have. Ah, you remember what you did last Tuesday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember. And this is what you did and this is what you said, blah, 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 blah. Wait a minute. I thought you forgave me for that. Yeah, I was just telling you, make you feel better. Whoa. Condemnation does not come from God. He does not condemn us and he doesn't point his finger at us and remind us what we did wrong. And we have to remember this too, that our Lord God is omniscient. He knows everything that we do. And sometimes I even forget and walk through and, and then I, I'm reminded the Holy Spirit jumps on me and, and kind of grabs me by my ear and pulls my ear open and he, in a very loud whisper, reminds me. And then I pray to God and say, Father, forgive me, sorry. And then he just kind of gives me that little wry smile that he has and he says, it's all right, son, I love you. And that's, I love my father, God. I love you, brothers and sisters. And it's important that we do this. And so talking about God and his recycling program, let's go into Psalm, Psalm 19, 7 and 8. His rising place is at one end of heaven and his circuit reaches the other. Nothing escapes his heat. The teaching of Lord God, Hashim, is perfect. Renewing life, the decrees of Lord God, Hashim, are enduring and making the simple wise. Stay in his word. His truth is knowledge. And taking that knowledge and putting it together makes wisdom. 
Brothers and sisters, it makes wisdom. And it's important that we remember this. And that is God recycling. And one of the other things that we must remember <clears throat> is in Psalm 23. I love Psalm 23. And I will translate because it says Hashem. Eh, I don't know. I kind of like that. Lord God. Just remember, Hashem means Lord God. Hashem is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me to water in places of repose. He renews my life. There we go with that recycling again. He guides me in right paths as befits his name. Though I walk through a valley of deepest darkness, I fear no harm for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Deepest darkness, how much darker and deeper than you get through the valley of the shadow of death. Remember, brothers and sisters, a valley is open on both ends and God is with us at the entrance and passing through and entrance, and the exit, and he is there. The Holy Spirit is there, and all of our loved ones are there. You spread a table before me in full view of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my drink is abundant. Only goodness and steadfast love shall pursue me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of Hashem for many long years. Now that's from the old translation of Psalms 23, which is an important scripture that we remember, brothers and sisters, because it speaks again to our recycling. And it's an important thing that we remember that. God, our Lord, sovereign, Adonai, Hashem, whatever name, righteous name that is given to Lord God, he is that. So Psalm 25 and 21 is also a really excellent scripture I'm going to share with you. Protect me and save me. Let me not be disappointed, for I have sought refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness watch over me, for I look to you. Integrity. I was asked at one time at work, what does that mean to me? Brothers and sisters, that means doing right, no matter who is watching, whether they're watching or not watching. It doesn't make any difference. Do right and righteously no matter what. We must have spiritual integrity, brothers and sisters. We're called especially the way that this world is today. And they will take every opportunity. They, I speak to mammon and non-believers and brothers and sisters, sometimes even believers, sadly. But you know what? Again, I share with you, I don't care because my validation comes from God Almighty and this, I don't, it doesn't matter to me. It, it really doesn't. I have, I have learned just to sort of 
stamp my feet and, you know, like I'm wiping my, the soles of my shoes on a, on a doormat and that just got to shake off the, the dirt of the earth because that's what it is. Even when those that are claiming to be Christians and believers are pointing fingers and it's not done. See, there's a way to tell. See, the Lord will give, and and I've been given this thing. Sometimes I, I, it's a hard, but it's actually a gift that God gave to me. It's a gift of discernment. It's a hard gift, but it's also a really it's it's a profoundly wonderful, and I and I love the fact. You can tell when people are being honest. You can tell when they're just absolutely full of... (laughs) The waste product of a... Coming from the south end of the north traveling bull. Um, You you can tell. I mean, it's, it's a... It's sad, but, you know, the world has become so adept at, at doing that sort of thing. They'll just cast that about, and it doesn't matter almost who they're talking to. And, and then some people are like, oh, oh, really? Oh, okay, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then you hear them when they go around the corner and they're talking to their little true buddies and how what they just did was all lip service. All of it, absolute lip service. And that's exactly what sadly is going on out there in the world today, which is why I pray for all my brothers and sisters, all my brothers and sisters, that they will be recycled into his good, into his goodness and come back and be brought out. So here in Psalm 27, we need to really hold on to some of these words. Very important. The Lord is my light. And my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? No one or nothing. There is nothing made that can separate us from the love of God. The scriptures tell us that. Nothing made. There is no height, no depth. No place that we can go to get away from the love of God. No principality. Nothing made. God even says so in that scripture when they're sharing that. Is that he's saying that there is no creature that can keep you or nothing in creation that can keep you from my love. Even things that he created, wild animals, wild beasts and those things. They can't keep you from him. He will come and find us in the darkest of night, the deepest worrisome battle that we're in. God will come and find us. The Holy Spirit will seek us out. (laughs) I get kind of this uh, illustration, okay, that um, not trying to be well, I don't care what, what y'all think. It's not blasphemous. It's not sacrilegious. So don't get up on the high horse about that. I'm going to share this with you exactly the way I was given it. So God has got the Holy Spirit, but it's not leashed. But you know how, how um, uh, the police departments, they use trackers. 
of course, God doesn't really need that, but I just get this, I get this illustration of God coming down and the Holy Spirit is out in the lead and, and bringing him right to us in the darkest battle in the deepest night and, and finding us. I mean, he's on that hunt and he will. The scripture said that he will come and find us. I love that. Uh, oh gosh, I can't remember her name now. I wish I could remember it. I love the song that she sings. Um, it's called The Rescue. And, um, oh gosh, I cannot remember the young woman's name. I wish that I could. Um, Lana, Tasha, Lania or something like that. But the song that she sings is um, just absolutely uh, wonderful. It's beautiful. And um, You Will Rescue Me is is the name of the song. Um, uh, rescue, Lauren. Oh, oh, goodness, Lauren Daigle. Sorry about that. So Lauren Daigle sings this song, and the verses in the song speak about the darkest night, the deepest battle, and the hardest battle we're fighting. But God will come and rescue me. Look up that song and sit down and meditate on God while your eyes are closed and you just listen to that song. He will rescue me. He will rescue you. Believe and have faith, brothers and sisters, because he has promised that thing. He has promised that thing. God is my Lord and creator. He is that thing, and there is nothing. He is the sovereign Lord of all things. In Genesis 1, 1 through 3, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Brothers and sisters, God created all goodness and kindness. And brothers and sisters, we have to seek that which God created and gave to us as a free gift. And Psalm 16, 7, I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons. (laughs) Wow. Thou will show me the path of life, In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 16, 11. We have to remember these things, brothers and sisters. These are treasures that God puts out here for us. They are in his word. They are the word of truth. They are his truth, his knowledge, and his wisdom. Brothers and sisters, we just have to remember that As his sheep, he will guide us beside the still waters to keep us 
and guide us, brothers and sisters. John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Darkness, a pseudonym for the enemy. He is darkness, he is fear, he is a liar, false evidence appearing real. And this is what's being manifested in the world today, trying to drive people by fear. People are becoming fearful, so they're buying into the tripe, which is exactly all that it is. And simply because you have 50, 50,000, 500,000, 5 million people that call a cheetah a leopard does not make it so, by some mystery or mystical or magical thing, simply because so many people call something what it is not, does not make it so. Doesn't happen that way. God made them different. They are different. Don't be fearful of all these lies. Don't be fearful. Being afraid is okay. God says it's okay. Come to him with that fear and that, that anxiousness and give it to him. Talk to him. He loves us. We are his children. Don't be fearful. 1 John 4, 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. I've invited you to try my spirit, brothers and sisters. You're going to find out that the Holy Spirit's going to tell you, yes, he speaks the truth, because I do. And I say that in all confidence, because I know that what I speak is the true word of God. And if God did not condone it, and he didn't believe in me, I wouldn't be doing it. Plain and simple, that's all there is to it. God said it, I believe it, and it's the truth. And there it is. And in 15 through 19, whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. For God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten Son for me. And whomsoever believeth in him shall not perish and have everlasting life. So brothers and sisters... We do not have to fear those things, but we have to have that love in us. And that love of God and knowing and being true to that word. God's grace and mercies. Psalm 56, 10 and 11. Psalm 130, 3 through 6. 
Psalm 107, 21 through 32. Psalm 103, 10 through 12. Is a mercy of our Lord God. And remember, brothers and sisters, there are and is a profound difference in grace and mercy. They are not synonymous. They are not the same thing. But one does not come without the other. God's grace is giving us things that we do not deserve. We don't deserve much of what God gives to us. But he's graceful and he gives it anyway because we are his children. And mercy, (laughs) brothers and sisters, he's merciful because he doesn't give us what we do deserve. I love you all. You have a blessed and a good day. You are in my prayers as I've shared with you constantly tell you, continuously tell you, I pray for you on my going out, my coming in. I always have you in my prayers. Be blessed that the Lord walk beside you, with you, and if you have not taken the time to do so, you can kneel down, raise your hands, and in earnest truth, and God will read your heart. I do believe that Jesus Christ is your only son given to me as a sacrifice to wash my sins. Father God, forgive me. I accept that Jesus Christ is your only begotten son. I want to walk in faith with you. I want to change my life. Come into me and send the Holy Spirit to teach me and guide me. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. That's all it takes, brothers and sisters. That's all it takes. And if you've not done that, take the chance, take the opportunity. And it's not, it's not a risk. I mean, you're going to give up some things. Trust me, you will give up some things. You're not going to be able to do a lot of things that you might have been used to doing. And I also share with you that it's not an easy walk because the enemy is going to continuously, continuously try to knock you off the walk. He's going to try to feed you with doubt, discouragement, despair. Be not afraid nor dismayed for though thy Lord, thy God is with you whithersoever thou goest. God tells us that in a number of places in the Bible. He's always with us, brothers and sisters. Always with us. Love you. Have a blessed day.